بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد my dear respected brothers sisters respected elders young friends assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh alhamdulillah we are continuing the discussion uh, of the first hadith of sahih bukhari you will not uh, go over all of the discussions of the past weeks but every week we have new brothers and new sisters joining so I request them to uh, listen in to the previous discussions to come up to speed insha'Allah however I'll just every single time for the barakah of the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I will not necessarily read the entire sanad but insha'Allah I will uh, try to recite the words of the hadith <coughs> Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مِرْئِ مَا نَوَى Verily, actions are based upon intentions and every person will get the reward of that which they intend. فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَةُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ The one who does hijrah for the sake of Allah and the Rasul then his hijrah is for the sake of Allah and the Rasul. فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَةُ إِلَى دُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ إِلَى إِمْرَأَةٍ يَنْكِحُهَا And whoever does hijrah for the dunya, for worldly things, material gain, or to marry a woman, then his hijrah will be for that which he immigrated for, meaning will not be for the sake of Allah and the Rasul. One of the reasons why I wanted to repeat the wording of the hadith, even though we have discussed it in considerable detail already, is because um, today's discussion will be uh, going over uh, some of the relationships of these words, a few points. That's why it is appropriate that we look at the words once again. One thing you're going to see in the following slides. I want to point out right now, here we have إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ And translated in the English for those of us who like to see the English, actions are based upon intentions. So this will be one discussion. This is as, uh, just a heads up of what will follow shortly. <clears throat> this sentence right here. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ by the, point, by the time you end this, everyone should probably be a hafiz of this, inshallah. If not from before. So, innama only is a kalima of exclusivity. Exclusivity, only. Amal um, is a plural of amal, actions. Binniyat, with intentions. So, there's about two or three different discussions here. First was the word amal is coming, versus af'al. Uh, and then we will have the discussion of something is missing here. Because innamal a'malu binniyat means actions are with intentions. But what are they with intentions? Are they good with intentions, bad with intentions, exist with intentions, valid, invalid, will be rewarding, not rewarding? There's a word missing, yet you have to fill in the blank. And this happens many times in the Quran and many times in the Sunnah. And this is where the non-Muslims and the enemies of Islam or the so-called hypocritical Muslims they have opportunity to wiggle around and create confusion when there is a place where the meaning is not going to be complete without adding something so because otherwise it means actions are blank with niya but with what over here in the translation it says based upon this based upon where is it in the hadith it's not there see this word here actions that's amal Okay, you have this upon intentions, that's binniyat. But where is this based upon coming from? That's, that's where 
the interpretation plays a role. <clears throat> There are many different reasons why uh, the translation of the Qur'an is called the translation of the Qur'an. It's not called the Qur'an. Meanings and message of the Qur'an. Translation of the Qur'an. That's in, the, in the introduction of the old translations, Yusuf Ali, etc., they write that this is not the Qur'an. He wrote, this is a tra- meaning of the Qur'an. Our attempted interpretation of the words of the Qur'an. The reason it can't be the Qur'an is because not only uh, one, one major reason right off the bat is it's in the English language or any other language that's not the, the Quranic Arabic, then that's not the Quran. The Quran is revealed in the Arabic language. Um, and this is, this is not Arabic. Even if you take the Arabic language and you start filling in the blanks in the Quran with your own kalimat, then that's, that's not the Quran. If you try to convey the meanings of the Qur'an in the Arabic language, but just rearrange the words, like an abridged version, a more uh, you know, user-friendly version, that's still not the Qur'an. It has to be the exact words in the exact sequence, without adding any interpretation. And that is why when the Qur'an was compiled, the, in the time of Abu Bakr Siddiq, anhu, the Qur'an was compiled. Many times the people, they say that the Qur'an was compiled in the Khilafat of Uthman. Uh, but he, he did a, a, it at a grand level and he did a lot of efforts uh, for preserving the Quran but it was first compiled during the Khilafat of Abu Bakr Siddiq when there was the battle of Yamama against the Banu Hanifa tribe of Musaylamatul Kadhab and 70 Hufad uh, of the Quran became Shaheed So Umar came to Abu Bakr Siddiq and he said that Ya Khalifa Rasulillah I'm afraid about uh, how we, are we going to preserve the Quran 70 Sahaba became Shaheed so the entire Quran was written in the era of Rasulullah but we should compile it in one form so he said that uh, this is something very difficult you're asking me because Nabi did not do it in his life, how can I do something new? It is more difficult than if you ask me to move a mountain from its place. So Umar explained to him that Nabi ﷺ didn't compile it in one place because it was still being revealed. Now the deen is complete. So we should compile it. So he kept on explaining it. Allowed Abu Bakr anhu to have sharh al-sadr, meaning he had uh, conviction that this is the right thing to do. Then they called Zayd ibn Thabit and they made him in charge of the committee. And it's a long story how it happened. But anyway, the Quran was compiled. The reason I was bringing this up is when they took the copies of the Quran from the different Sahaba, some of the Sahaba, when they were writing the Quran, they had their own cliff notes, their own different commentary on the sides and even with the text but all of that they took it out and the general principle was that we're going to only write in this official copy this mushaf uh, that which is the revealed word of Allah to make sure that, that we distinguish between the Quran and the Ghayr al-Quran the Quran has its own level and the explanation of the Quran is definitely important but it's at a secondary level 
And uh, even masnoon practices, adhya, uh, masnoona, duas, were not included. What is the first dua? That is even not commanded by Rasulullah, commanded by Allah. It's not in the Quran. Did you ever think about it? Subhanallah. Something that you must do and should do every time you open the Quran, you must say it. It's not in the Quran though. وَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ When you recite the Quran, Allah Akbar. Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Seek protection in Allah from Shaitan al-Rajim. So the command to say, أَعُوذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ is where? In the Quran. But the kalimat, أَعُوذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ are not an ayah of the Quran. Therefore, it's not written. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I'm just thinking about it. Subhanallah. When you open the Quran, it doesn't say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim. But you're supposed to say it. Yeah, the fact you're supposed to say it, that's, that's, that's great, that's true. But that's not Quran. And here it's going to be only be what? Quran. And then it starts with what? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Because Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is an ayah. It's an ayah, Munazala min Allah Ta'ala. It is a revealed ayah of the Quran. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Now there's a difference of opinion. Is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? Yeah, it is a revealed ayah. Is it a revealed ayah in a part of every surah? Uh, or is it one revealed ayah that is recited in the beginning of every surah? That, but that's just like a, a theoretical difference of opinion. It uh, does not have major uh, implication. There is some Thamaratul Khilaf of that. But it's not something major. <coughs> Like Surah Al-Fatiha, for example, one thing is 100% confirmed is what? How many ayat in Surah Al-Fatiha? وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَاكَ سَبْعًا مِنَ الْمَثَانِ We have granted you seven often repeated verses. So Surah Al-Fatiha is seven ayat. It's not eight ayat. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَاكَ سَبْعًا مِنَ الْمَثَانِ وَالْقُرْآنَ الْعَظِيمِ And we have granted you the great Quran. So سَبْعًا مِنَ الْمَثَانِ Seven often repeated ayat and the Quran. Seven often repeated ayat is part of the Quran. But this is just to give it Special status is mentioned separately. Taqsis qabl al-ta'amim. So this is mentioned specifically. Now these seven ayahs, how are you going to count it? So if you count Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is ayat number one, then it's Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim ayat number one. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin ayat number two. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim ayat number three. Maliki Yawmiddin four. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in five. Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqim six. Sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim ghayri al-maudubi alayhim wa al-dhalleen seven. These are seven ayat. So Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is part of Fatiha. And that is why La salata illa bi Fatiha al-Gitab. There is no salah without Fatiha. So therefore Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is recited loudly in the salah according to this opinion. In the Imam Shafi rahmatullahi's opinion. And then the other opinion is that no, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is part of every surah. The one ayah. Like Inni la arifu surah I know of a surah uh, that if you recite it before you go to sleep, then you will be protected. Rasima min fitnatil adab al qabr from the adab al qabr. The surah is Tabarak al ladi bi adhihi al mulk. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that. He didn't say it starts with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. He said it starts with Tabarak al. In laha thalathuna ayah. It has thirty ayats. So if you count Surah al mulk, if you include Surah Bismillah, how many is going to become? Thirty one. So anyway, there are other dalil that the Ahnaf have. 
So the Hanafi view is that it's one ayah. But then what are you going to do with Surah Al-Fatiha? So Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen is one. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim is two. Malik Yawmiddin is three. Iyaka Na'abudu wa Iyaka Nasta'een is four. Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem is five. Sirat Al-Ladheena Anamta Alayhim is six. There's a six there in some versions of the prince. Some it isn't. If you look at the difference. Then غير المغضوب عليهم الضالين is seven. So, so if, if, if it's printed like, you know, in, according to... So there are different opinions here. This is, falls under علم عدل آي The knowledge of the ayat numbering. وعلم الفواصل Anyway, what I'm trying to say is أعوذ بالله is not there. Okay, والضالين What happens after والضالين? قولوا آمين آمين is a ism fa'il in the meaning of amr it means istajib du'aana or accept our du'a ameen but ameen is not written there why because it's ghayr al-quran and goes on all the way there are many places where there's particular responses that should be given when allah ta'ala keeps on asking shaking you up fa bi ayya o human being and o jinn dual tense allah is referring to both ya ma'ashir jinni wal ins how many blessings of your lord are you going to deny how many blessings of your Lord are you going to deny? So he keeps on asking that question. You're supposed to be respond. There's no blessing of yours, O oh Allah, that be denied. But again, that's not Quran, so it's on that side. Right? In Surah at the end, is not Allah the greatest king and the one who is the Ahkumul Hakimin? So the response to that is Bala wa ana ala dhalika min ashahidin. Definitely, and I am a witness of this. So the non Quran is kept separately. Likewise, in the hadith, the hadith is preserved, and then the other than the hadith explanation is kept separately. That's why you have the whole footnotes, the marginal gloss, the hashia, the sharah, the commentary. We don't put our own words in. So this is going to be one discussion. Innamal a'malu bin niyat. And then we're going to have another discussion if you look at it. <clears throat> the reason I'm going over the words now is because the full hadith words are not coming again on the slides. Then there will be a discussion about innamal a'malu bin niyat. Actions are based upon intentions. And then you have wa innamal manawa. And everyone will get that which they intend. Hey, is, is the same thing coming double? What's the difference between the first statement and the second statement? And what's the additional purpose of the second statement? This will be discussed, inshaAllah. Then there is a whole question about hijrah. Hijrah, to make hijrah for a dunya or a woman, then his hijrah is for what he had intended. There are some objections here about the Muhajir Muslim, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Will his hijrah be valid? Will his Islam be valid? Why or why not? If we get to it today, tonight, otherwise, inshaAllah, the next time. So these are some of the things that we still have prepared here beforehand. So we covered all of these slides, alhamdulillah. Uh, last week we covered these additional foundational ahadith. Not in much detail, but at least viewing over the meanings. Just for us to appreciate that this is one of the top four, if you recall. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, yeah, this was covered as well. Here we are. Af'al versus A'mal. 
I'll, I won't spend too much time on this. Go over this quickly. That many, many times there are particular words used in the Quran, used in the Hadith, that if a person comes across this, they'll think, oh, you know, there are other synonyms that could have been used. That could have been used. Why is this particular word used? And there are um, a lot. There are many different significant points in why a particular word was chosen by Allah and by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that is why the scholars of tafsir, uh, they derive those points. They say, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used this particular word for this reason. And the scholars of hadith, the shurrah al-hadith, they also identify that Allah, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu used this particular word. And these are, subhanAllah, uh, very beautiful reasons why. The examples of this that come to mind, we can go, but then it will take us off track. So <clears throat> this is the first point here. The words of Rasulullah are precise and exact. Times when a there are many times when a specific word will be used over another, despite the having, having similar meanings lexically. Meaning in the dictionary, it seems like, oh, they're the same thing. But there may be a deeper meaning that Rasulullah is trying to convey. So, amal and af'al. Both mean actions. Af'al is used very commonly. Fa'al is in a singular action. Af'al are plural. Just like amal and a'mal. So it could have been innamal af'alu bin niyad. Why is it innamal a'malu bin niyad? Rasulullah specifically chose the word a'mal. There are a few possible reasons. One is that a'mal are done with intention. Whereas af'al are just general. That which is done with volition, with intention, is known as an amal. That which should be done randomly, that is af'al, fi'al. Another is that amal it also includes aqwal, statements. Whereas af'al does not include statements. It is just actions of the body parts. Another is that amal are done continuously. Continuously, non-stop. And af'al are not. Something that is done and then uh, left temporarily, continuous. So a, a person is uh, continually engaged in something with consistency. That is an amal. Just like um, continuous reminded me. Since you're talking about ch choice of words, the diction, choosing a particular word, when. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al-Muzzammil about standing up in night Ya ayuhal muzzammil qubil layla illa qalila stand up in night in ibadah nisfahu awin qus minhu qalila awzid alayhi wa rattilil Qur'ana tartila recite the Qur'an with tartil for half the night, one third the night or two thirds of the night inna sanunqiya alayka qawlan thaqila we will reveal this heavy kalam upon you the Qur'an is majority of it was yet to be revealed this is the beginning ayah of revelation in verily the ibadah that you're doing in the night, it will squash your nafs. It will make your speech in the day more effective. So if you make ibadah at night, then your speech in the day will be more effective in penetrating the hearts of your audience. Why? Verily for you in the day is sabhan tawila. This is really strange. Because in the day you have to work hard. And you have to go and invite the people towards Allah. 
But the wording used by Allah, the link to this is the word continuous. Allah Ta'ala said, Subhan, swimming. Rarely for you in the day, you have swimming. Swimming means you have run a lot of laps and prepare for the swimming Olympics? No. Subhan, tawila, tawila, long swimming. Swimming where? Swimming in the masses of people, inviting them towards Allah. But why, why do you have to go like so extreme and talk about swimming? You could just say, You have to do da'wah. Or you have to do ishtihad, uh, work hard. Subhan, tawila, long swimming. There has to be a reason why he used those words, right? Allah. So the scholars say that subhanAllah, multiple reasons. One of them is that when you're swimming, you, while you're swimming, can you just uh, take a break part-time? Uh, and then, no. Even if you want to be floating, there's a particular technique. You have to continually adopt that technique to remain afloat. And alhamdulillah, if someone's an expert swimmer, then it's not a big deal. But he, it becomes so second nature, he might say it's not a big deal. You know, I'm not constantly worried about the fact that I'm in the water. I, I do relax. Uh, and when I'm floating on my back. Or, but the thing is, just remind yourself that you are alhamdulillah gifted with that technique and the ability is if there was someone who doesn't know how to swim, what would happen? If he doesn't even know how to float, what would happen? Just remind yourself, oh he would go down. He would go down very fast, he would drown to death, right? So when you're swimming, it's a continuous amal. When you go into the water, you're on alert swimming mode until what? You come back. Then you can fall asleep. Completely, don't worry about it. Otherwise you have to be in, in, in the state of mind that you are swimming and adopting the technique of swimming. So it's a continuous thing. So likewise, Rasulullah when he was doing da'wah, was he doing da'wah sometime or... and sometimes he takes a break? No. He's continually in that frame of mind. Just like a swimmer is continually in the frame of swimming. He was a great scholar and lisan al-da'wah He gave the example, he said like a da'i is supposed to be the one who constantly has the fikr of his of da'wah. And like he gave an example. Now he's trying to explain. He said like a person who has a factory selling shoes, tajir of shoes. So he says that he's always looking at the designs and he's always looking at what are people wearing and trying to get ideas of what shoes to make. This is subhan tawila. So doesn't mean, of course, when he goes to trade shows where they're talking about different shoes, he's looking at shoes. But guess what? When he goes to a soccer match, everyone's looking at the ball. Goal! He's going here, defense, offense, what's going on? But he's not looking at the ball. What he's looking at? Shoes that people are wearing in the stands, shoes that players are wearing. And then he said when he goes to the walima, people are looking at the food. And they're like, oh wow, this is a three-course, five-course, seven-course meal. was saying. But instead of looking at the food on the table, he's looking at the shoes under the table. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. When he goes to the masjid, the most attractive part of the masjid is what? The shoe racks. So he, he, he's not looking at the musalla in the mihrab. The mihrab is the place of harb war. War against shaitan and war against the nafs. He's not engaged in war against shaitan and the nafs. What is he engaged in? Looking at the shoe racks. The most important part of the house of Allah. The shoe racks. What are the people wearing? Right. So this is, this is the but Allah Ta'ala says, وَتِجَارَةٌ كَسَادَهَا The business that you're always afraid is going to go down. It's a perpetual fear. As one of the business leaders said, only the paranoid survive. <laughs> so, so the thing is, this is uh, uh, the concern. So this is the concern of the uh, da'i. It has to be a continual concern. It's always 
worried. How can I bring the khalq to the khaliq? In subhan tawila. So these are examples I'm showing you of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He uses a word, there's a particular purpose behind it. Now, hidden implications. See, to go back, there's a word missing. So if you pay attention to the colors, I will be highlighting the additional word coming. General statement of Rasulullah sometimes requires one to fill in the blanks in order to understand his true intent. What is the word here? There are different, different ideas scholars have. See here, verily the actions, it's mathubatun binniyat. This green word is there to, make the, uh, to allow the hadith to make sense. So verily actions, right? This innama is verily, amal, actions, binniyat with, with intentions. But what? Are rewarded based on intentions. Now the thing is, every time someone comes up with it, you'll say, that's, that's not a big deal, it's pretty simple. But then there are always potential objections. Oh, it has to be a 100% foolproof. There should be no one who can come and say that this meaning you have de- derived and this word you, have you, you come up with, there are certain things that fall through the cracks. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. It sounds pretty straightforward. Okay, amal will be rewarded. Mathuba comes from thawab. The compensation you'll get the good reward or the bad. Now, an objection is, according to the Hanafiya, wudu that is performed without niyyah has no reward but will still count. Subhanallah. There's an objection to this. Because what happens is, we have two types of amal. We have those that are, you know, maqsood bidhat, like salah. If you have salah without niyyah, the salah is not going to count. Okay, niyyah is a shart for salah. Things that are necessary for the salah are farad, non-negotiable for salah, are two types. Those things that precede the salah and those things that are part of the salah. Shartu shay, lazimu shay, kharijahu. And ruknu shay, lazimu shay, dakhiluhu. The rukun and the shart. The shart is a condition. Without the shart being fulfilled, you cannot move on. And the rukun is the integral. Without the arkan, that ibadah will not exist. So that's why if we are performing salah, we need to know the sharait of salah. And we need to know the arkan of salah. Because if you're missing a shart, what will happen? Can you do sajda sahu? No. And if you're missing a rukun, what will happen? You cannot make sajda sahu. You have to repeat the salah. Both are necessary. Shart is necessary, rukun is necessary. The difference between shart and rukun is that shart what happens? Precedes the ibadah. It's not part of it. And rukun is part of it. Okay. Um, so niyyah is one of the shurut of salah. What are the shurut of salah? Taharatul badan, body has to be pure from najasa hukmiyah and haqiqiyah. And clothes have to be pure. The place you're performing salah has to be pure. That's three right there. This is not a, such a tangent which is perhaps not beneficial. This is absolutely necessary. We need to know this. Basics. First one again. But your body must be pure. Two, your clothes must be pure. Three, your place you're performing salah must be pure. That's very easy. Because these three deal with purity. And then when you're talking about clothing, let's wrap that, uh, knock that out. Is 
that awrah. Your awrah has to be covered. You have to cover that part of your body which needs to be covered. It's different for men and women. From navel till the knee for the men, whole body except for the face and the, and the hands from the wrist and the feet in the Hanafiyyah for the woman. These four, then you have to face the qibla and you have to, this is niyyah. You have to have niyyah. If a person doesn't have niyyah, his salah is not valid. So niyyah is necessary for salah. But niyyah is not necessary for wudu. Why not? Because wudu is not an ibadah maqsudah and wudu is a, it's a wasila and the means that takes you to the ibadah maqsudah. So for wudu, niyyah is not a sharf. What is a sharf? Nor is it a rukun. For wudu, it's what are the, what are the farad arkan of wudu? Four. How do we pick up the four from so many things from wudu to beginning till end? It's, it's, a, it's a, mashallah, a lot of stuff happens in wudu. From doing khilal of the asabi' meaning passing the hands between the fingers, between the, uh, the beard, and yani washing three times, washing in order, um, and taking the water in the nostrils, and gargling the mouth. There's a lot of things happen. Madmada, istinshaq, so many things. Masha of the neck, and the ears, and the head, and the feet. So many things. So there's only four farad. This is because this is from the Quran. What the Quran mentions, qat'i, qat'i thabud, qat'i dalala. It's 100% confirmed in the Quran. Those four things, that's the, that's the rukun. Everything else besides that is the sunnah of wudu. Ya ayyuhal ladhina manu idha kuntum ila salah, fawsinu wujuhakum, wash your faces. Wa idiyakum ila al-marafiq, your arms. Till the elbows. Make massage of your head. And washing your feet up to and including the ankles. So these, these four. This long ayah, you know, when we learned it, I was taught to say, Muhat Sarpair. <laughs> four things. Muhat Sarpair. Wash your face, your arms up to the elbows, massage your head, washing the feet. These are the four farad. Niyah is not a farad. So, the fact that niyyah is not mentioned is significant. If it's not mentioned in the farad, that means the wudu is valid without it. That's why it's not there. If something is mentioned, it's significant. If something is not mentioned, it's also significant. If it's mentioned, that means, oh, the wudu is invalid without it. And if it's not mentioned, it's significant because wudu is valid without it. Like for example, uh, okay, practically feet are mentioned, right? What does that mean? If you don't wash your feet, your wudu is invalid. If you say, hey, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's non-Muslims here, people are watching me, and I don't, want, I don't have wudu uh, leather socks, I don't have wudu gear socks, I don't want to wash my feet. Well, guess what? We said four farad, right? One of them was what? Feet. Therefore, if you don't wash your feet, you feel lazy about it, or you want to raise your feet up, fine, find some alternative arrangements to wash your feet low. You don't have to. Raising your feet up in the sink, is that farad? No. Washing the feet is farad. Because one of the four. And then at the same time, uh, we'll say, is Niyyah mentioned there? No. So if somebody took a shower, you don't have to give a crazy example of somebody slipping and falling into a swimming pool and getting submerged and completely wet and then comes out. Then you have to give the whole story of somebody who was planning to make him slip and put a banana peel and he slipped on. Or they give examples of a person getting completely soaked in the rain, he didn't have an umbrella. You don't have to, they'll say, hey man, that's so theoretical. No. How about of a person, he took a shower? When he took a shower, he wasn't thinking about wudu, he wasn't thinking about salah, he wasn't thinking about ibadah. Allah alam what he was thinking about. So then, then what happened is, wudu was not on his mind. That's all that pertains to us. When he comes out afterwards, two, three hours later, it's time for salah. So they said that, you know, does he have to run to make a new wudu or not? 
this is a much more reasonable scenario. So you'll say, did he wash his, look at the four photos, did he wash his face? Yes. Because he was in the shower. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to take a shower without washing your face? He washed his face, washed his arms. He did way beyond masaf the head. And that's one-fourth of the head is followed anyway. He did more than masaf, one-fourth of the head. He got the whole head soaked. Super soaked. They used to have super soakers. And then you have number four is the feet. Everything is covered. The niyyah was not there, but the niyyah is not farad. So therefore the wudu is valid. If somebody took a, ba- uh, took a uh, bath, took a shower, and the time for salah comes, and he does not have to repeat the wudu, his wudu is valid, in al hanafiyah Okay? So this is, Actually, this, this is not uh, an objection. This is an EX. <laughs> this is not an objection. This is an example. The objection is still to come. Example meaning that the wudu in the Hanafiyah without intention is valid. But will he get the thawab of doing the, uh, the wudu? No. If a person, he goes to wudu area and with the intention of wudu, he washes his face and he does the other sunnahs as well. Whether he does the sunnahs as well, that will be more reward. Even if he doesn't do the sunnah, he does the farad wudu, but he has the intention. Now in this wudu, what will happen? It's the reward. Whereas the one who, who got his wudu done uh, just by taking a shower, there is no reward. But both of them are valid. So this is, this is an example of innamal amalu mathubatun bin The thawab, will, you will receive the thawab based on intentions. Then the, the objection is there are still people who receive reward without an explicit niyyah, like At-Tajir al-Saduq al-Amin. At-Tajir, At-Tajir al-Saduq al-Amin. Ma'al-Nabiyyin, what is it? Al-Siddiqin. The Tajir, that merchant, who is al-Saduq, who speaks the truth, he doesn't lie when he is selling his wares. He does not, you know, hide. The, it's not about hiding the defects. It's about just completely misquoting and saying, saying, uh, uh, saying things which are not true and how this happens everyone knows what I've been talking about and Al-Ameen is trustworthy he's going to be Ma'an Nabiyyin he will be re- resurrected with the Anbiya salam, subhanallah and the Siddiqeen but the default you know this is a very painful statement so I'm backing my statement to come with hey this is what Rasulullah said I didn't say so may Allah forgive me but I just want to wake everyone up. That's why I'm saying the statement is kind of harsh. The default for all merchants, all tajirs, all business people, the default. Is to cheat and lie. That's the default. The exemption from that exception of the rule, that's the rule is cheating and lying. The exception of the rule is some people will speak the truth. How can you say that? Because Rasulullah said so. Where did he say so? He said, At-tujaru yuhsharuna yawmal qiyamati fusaqan. All the tajirs and business people on the Day of Judgment will be raised as fusaq. Fasiqeen. Sinners, transgressors. That's the general rule. Illa, the exemption from that, manit taqa. The few who actually have taqwa. Wa sadaqa, they actually speak the truth. Wa barra, and they do good. Make the, that's the exam, that, these, are the, these are the exceptional circumstances. 
You, so someone will say, well, he does say, إِلَّا مَنِ اتَّقَوْ Yeah, but look at the wording. The first wording is, التُجَارُ يُحْشَرُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَمْتِ فُسَاقًا The tujar will be raised as fasikh. That's a general statement. Then there's an exemption. It could have been the other way. That all the tajars will be raised with the Nabiyyin and Siddiqeen. Except for the ones who lie. Right? You understand? All the tajars are going to go to Jannatul Firdaus Al-A'la. With Nabiyyin, Siddiqeen, Shodah, and Salihina, wa Hasuna, la ika rafiqa. That's the statement. Then, except for, yeah, the only ones who won't are those who end up lying and cheating and deceiving. That's the that's exemption. It could have been that way, right? Is it that way? It's not that way. How is it? The default is, so this is something for us. So the point is, what is, is the point to blame someone? The point to point fingers? Because it's very hurtful. I know. That, so I'm trying to clarify. No. The point is for us to become scared. Ya Allah, I don't want to be among the default. I want to be among the few. Which few? The few that are exempted from that general, general statement. I want to be, well, it's always a few. It's not, okay, let's not, let's not point fingers and you know, just about tujar. Like, nas, hum, humanity. people don't know. And very few of my servants are shakir. So, any sifa you take, any attribute you take, it's not just limited to merchants. All of mankind, humanity, majority are, are, are not going to be on the right path. Because Allah Ta'ala said so. أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَعَلَمُونَ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ are on the wrong path. And قَلِيلٌ وَقَلِيلٌ مَا هُمْ Very few are those. Anyway, so over here, this Tajir, he will receive reward. He doesn't have to make an explicit niyyah. Meaning, when a tajir is doing business, which tajir? As-Saduq al-Amin, the good one, the good guy. So when, when somebody asks him, um, is there anything wrong with this car? Right? So then he says that, you know, by the way, there is a way out. If he says, I'm selling it as is, لَا تَسَلُوا تَسُؤُكُمْ Don't ask such things. If you want to, if you hear the answers, it's going to hurt you. So I don't want to say anything. If he says it as is, by up to you. You know, you can take a test drive. You like it, you don't like it, up to you. I'm not going to give any certificate, it's fine. Guess what, is that permissible? It is permissible. That's permissible. Because he didn't make any guarantee. But if he says, uh, you know, there's, he knows about, you know, some major, major defects in it, and the fact that it had an accident, and this and that, and he lies about it, when the, when the customer asks him, he says, I'm telling you this is like pristine condition like new. Then th- that would be haram. Man minna. The one who deceives us is not amongst us. So, now the one who speaks the truth, if he spoke the truth when he was selling the car, he said, yeah, you know, um, for example, he might say, I, I, didn't, uh, the, I didn't change the power st- Power steering fluid, it, uh, it's really, it has to be changed. Some, or something, like the tires, you can see it. Something internal. Uh, the condition of the car, he talks about it and says, yeah, that needs to be replaced. Transmission, or you know, something has to be flushed, something has to be cleaned out. He talks about it. So he, he does not make the intention specifically that I'm speaking the truth in this particular occasion so that I can be raised with a Nabiyin. He doesn't have that intention. Without an explicit niyyah, he will still receive the reward. So, even though the niyyah is not there, the thawab is there in this case. 
based, based on this hadith. So that is an exam, ex, ex, uh, objection to that one. The next uh, one is, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ صَحِيحَةٌ بِالنِّيَادِ Some other scholars said, actions are valid in sahih. With the niyad they're sahih, without the niyad they're not sahih. This one we already covered, I won't spend time on it. According to Shafi'iyah, example, wudu is invalid without niyad. Meaning, hey, if the niyad is there, the wudu is sahih. If the niyad is not there, wudu is not sahih. According to Shafi'iyah. Objection is, according to Hanafiyah, uh, that doesn't even apply. But another one, not all actions require niyad to be valid, like divorce. You can't take sahiha. Because there are certain actions which are valid without the niyyah. This is a really, really important masala. So I'll pause here and explain it. Rasulullah has said, Three matters are such that when spoken with intention, they are effective. And if spoken without intention, they are also effective. And they're still sahih. Even though the niyyah is not there. Remember, we're talking about objection. So, it's an amal and it's sahih even though there is no niyyah. Sahih means it's valid. It, it, it comes into effect. Three things, even without niyyah. An-nikahu, wal-talaqu, wal-itaqu. An-nikahu, wal-talaqu, wal-itaqu. Nikah, talaq, and itaq. Nikah is marriage, talaq is divorce, and itaq is freeing a slave. And another hadith is raja'ah also mentioned, taking the wife back from talaq. Okay, so these things are valid in sahih without niyyah. What does that mean? That means that if a qadi or any individual asks the, uh, the husband and the wife, the bride and the groom, or even if it's random people, said <clears throat> that there's an ijab in qubul, offer and, and acceptance of marriage, right? and there are witnesses. Going back to what we talked about, rukun and shart, what are the arkan of nikah? Arkan of nikah is number one to have a hall and to have so much food and you have this and that. Is that the arkan of nikah? No. The arkan of nikah is fireworks. Na'udhu billah. The arkan of nikah is bus, two things. Ijab in qubul, offer acceptance. Number two is hudur shahideen, witnesses. Two witnesses. Or two, uh, you know, one male and two females. Anyway, witnesses. Witnesses and Offer and acceptance. Ijab and That's it. Even the mahar, if it's not mentioned, then by default, the mahar al-mithal, the mahar of the sisters would, and the cousins of her family would apply. The khutbah. Alhamdulillah, That whole khutbah is what? It's a good idea. It's sunnah. It's not a rukun. The nikah is valid without the khutbah. The nikah is valid without, without the invitation card. Nikah is valid without the flowers, without anything. This is the basic requirement. So, in any case, if 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 the if the if the, if the, if the he say, uh, you know, I give myself a nikah to you, and the other one says, I accept you in my nikah, and there are two witnesses, what happens? The nikah occurs. If they were joking about it, it still occurs. If they didn't intend it, it still occurs. Then they would have to get talaq because they're already taken, they're married. If it's a woman, she has to get a talaq for sure. If it's a man, then if he gets married afterwards, it would end up being his second wife. If there's four, he does like this, then he cannot get married, then it would be a fifth one. He would have to give talaq. What I'm trying to say is an actual nikah. This happening by joke for a nikah to occur is very, very rare. 
But what is more important is the second one. Which one is that? Talaq. For a talaq to be waqir and to count, the niyyah is not necessary. So that means that if a man says to his wife, Na'udhu Billahi, I'm just doing naql of this kalam, I'm repeating this statement, not attributing to myself. But if he says, if he says, you remember one thing, that the ulama say that like, this is a kalimat of talaq, even kalimat of kufr. Naqlul kufri, laysa bi kufrin. Narrating a statement of kufr is not kufr. And some explain it. Naqlul kufri, biniyati raddil kufri, laysa bi kufrin. Narrating a statement of kufr with the intention of refuting that kufr is not kufr. Because otherwise, uh, the Quran says that Isa is, Jesus is the son of God. You know where that is? Jesus is the son of God. It's in the Quran. What? Are you crazy? Yeah, it's in Surah At-Tawbah. But Allah is not saying Jesus is the son of God. He's narrating a statement of kufr. And the Christians, they say that Jesus is the son of God. So narrating a statement doesn't mean you believe it, right? So likewise, if a person is narrating a statement of talaq, does that mean he has given talaq to his wife? No. No. Because I'm narrating a statement. Is that clear? Because we're just talking about the niyyah is not necessary. You're not supposed to even say the words. When it's attributed to yourself. But if you're attributing the statement to someone else, can you say it? You can, but you generally should avoid that too. <laughs> okay. So, it's like for example, saying Jesus is the Son of God. If somebody says that, then that's a kalima of kufr. I don't think you, you have, it's a no-brainer. You don't have to be mufti to figure that out. If somebody says, Jesus is the son of God, this is a kalimah of kufr. How big of kalimah of kufr it is? Subhanallah. This particular kalimah of kufr, Allah Ta'ala says, such a big kalimah of kufr, takadu samawatu yatafattaruna min, wa tanshakul ard, wa takhiru aljibalu hadda anda'u lirrahmani, walada. Takadu samawatu, heavens, takadu samawatu, yafattaruna minhu. Heavens are ready to split. The earth is ready to split open. And the mountains are ready to crumble. Because of how grave this allegation is. How dare they claim the Rahman has a son. This is such a huge statement of kufr. Since Surah Maryam, this ayat Allah Ta'ala says. So if, a, so if a person says, Jesus, son of God, is he kafir? You bet. He's definitely kafir. But if he's narrating it and saying, the Christians, they say this then it's not kufr. Because Allah said, nasara, the Christians say, Masih ibn Allah. And then Allah refutes it. You know, Allah says that this is false allegations from their own side. Subhanahu wa yakuna walad. He is pure from having a son. Okay, so now we're narrating. Do you understand why I did this discussion? Are you following me? Why I did this discussion? Narrating a statement of talaq. Is that talaq? No, okay. Are you with me? Okay. So then what happens is, uh, uh, so if a man says if a man says to his wife that I, I have given you talaq or I have divorced you later on he says uh, I didn't mean that the typical one you know the typical thing is they say oh I was angry I'm like okay well why would you do that in a romantic talaq obviously you are angry that doesn't make a difference no I didn't mean it no I have four kids no we've been married 30 years no I was just upset that's all irrelevant because the hadith says that jiddun najiddun when you seriously intend it it's going to be effective wahazuluhun najiddun when you don't intend it it's also effective so 
if a man said, if a man said to his wife, Antitaliq in Arabic, or I have divorced you, or then the talaq is going to fall. Whether the man had the intention or not, it's going to be effective in any language. In Russian, or, or, uh, or Farsi, or any language, a person uh, says that it will be effective. So we should, a man should not say that. So the, if somebody says, wait a second, um, why? It's because these words, all right, in the language, the word divorce in English or talaq in Arabic, it only has one meaning in the dictionary, right? So it's mawdu'a lahu, it is, it is devised for that meaning. There's no room for interpretation. It could have a separate other meaning. So that's why when this word is used, regardless what the intention may be, it's going to be effective because don't use those words. That's what the Sharia says. Don't use those words unless you're okay with the result. But if there's something else, which is muhtamal al-ma'ani, has multiple meanings, then the niyyah does play a role. Just to assure you, hey, where's my niyyah? Yeah, the niyyah of the husband does play a role. If the wording is such that it has multiple meanings. For example, if he says, go to your mother's house. Il-haqibi ahliki. Go to your mother's house. So it could be that Spring break, go to your mother's house with the kids to spend the spring vacation. And it could also be go to your mother's house, but never come back to my home. Na'udhu Billah. Which one is it? Right? Like, even if you say, Ukhruji, get out, means leave the room for now because I'm working. Because of the pandemic, I'm locked down and sitting at home with the computer. Leave my room. Or it could mean leave my life forever and ever. Na'udhu Billahi min zalika. Allah forbid. So, Ukhruji, it has multiple meanings. Get out or go home to your parents' home. So in these type of scenarios, how are we going to determine it? Based on Qarina Haliya, based on the condition, or to make it simple, based on his intention. Intention will play a role. You'll ask him, okay, you are the mutakallim, the one who said these words. What is the iradatul mutakallim? What is the intention of the one who spoke with these words? You tell us. If his intention was talaq, guess what will happen? It will be talaq ba'ina, it will be a talaq. And if his intention, this is known as alfaz kinaya, ambiguous words. Then there's alfaz sariha, explicit words. Talaq is an explicit word. So it's going to be effective no ma- if the intention is there or not there. It's irrelevant. It's going to be effective. So that is an objection on going with sahihatun. Right? This is the next one. Some say, no, They are distinguished based on intentions. I had alluded to this last time. Distinguished. How are they distinguished? Different categories based on their intention. For example, Based on the intention, one amal will be مخلص, with ikhlas, sincerity, only for the sake of Allah, because it's a sincere intention. And the other one is Riyah. Riyah is to show off to others. So, Man faqad ashraka. The one who performs salah to show others has committed shirk. Man faqad ashraka. The one who fasts to show others has committed shirk. Man faqad ashraka. The one who commits, uh, who does sadaqah to show others has committed shirk. Shirk asghar. So, what is, the, what is the difference? Somebody is giving money. One is gaining Jannah and one is gaining Jahannam. What's the difference? What distinguishes? One is doing sadaqah and earning jannah. The other one is 
قد اشرك دون شرك تنيه متميزه اكزاكتلي then you have التمييز بين العاده والعباده we covered this last week عاده ان عباده someone is standing عاده habitually someone is standing in qiyam in ibadah what's the difference one guy is standing in the buffet line one guy is standing in qiyam in tahajjud the difference between the two standing is niya tamiz bain al ibadah wal ibadah one person is standing in qiyam dhuhr one per ada one person is standing in qiyam dhuhr qada one is in asr one is in dhuhr one is in isha what's the difference the niya what is it is it sunnah or nafal or is it wajib after the salat al isha some people are standing others are standing others are standing they're all in ibadah no one's in a buffet line okay but one is standing in witr one is standing in sunnah one is standing in nafal what's the difference niya we did all these things remember yawma yab'athuhum allah jami'an fayunabbihum bima amilu ahsahu allah wa nasuh we forget allah records it so uh uh so like the tawaf we talk right is it tawaf al wada' or tawaf al ziyara or tawaf al ifada or tawaf al qudum or tawaf al umrah or tawaf al hajj or nafal tawaf all the tawaf look the same but they're based on the niyyah when you're giving money is it sadaqa or is it zakat or is it fidya or is it kafara or is it lilla what, what is it based on niyyah if you're fasting is it farad or ada farad qada nafal sunnah what is it based on niyyah so that's the difference between one ibadah and the other ibadah what distinguishes it the distinguishing factor is the niyyah this is another meaning Another, إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ مَوْجُودَةٌ بِالنِّيَاتِ Amal are existent based on intention. Subhanallah. This is interesting. You'll say, well, that's a no-brainer. No, look at this. Subhanallah. وَمَنْ يَخُرُجْ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ مُهَاجِرًا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ يُدْرِكُ الْمَوْتِ فَقَدْ وَقَعَ أَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ Okay, so uh, the translation of this ayah is the person who يَخْرُجْ who leaves مِنْ بَيْتِهِ from his home. Muhajiran in Allah wa Rasuli to make hijrah for the sake of Allah and His Rasul. He undertakes the journey, he's leaving his homeland, he's going out in the desert. Thumma yudrikul maut. Then, you know, death comes upon him because the Quraysh go and pursue him and shoot him down. As Rasulullah's daughter was attacked, the pregnant daughter Zainab radiallahu anha, and she ended up having a miscarriage. The grandchild, potential grandchild of Rasulullah, was killed by the mushrikun. عليهم ما يستحقون. So ثم يدرك الموت. He dies, or they get lost in the desert and die, or any other way they die. فقد did they do the hijrah yet? No, because they haven't reached the place where they're doing hijrah. They're just in the middle of the journey. فقد وقع أجره على الله. That ajr of the hijrah is recorded in the Allah, even though they did not do it yet. So the amal is موجود. How is it موجود? Binniyati. Allah Akbar. Just because the niyyah was there. SubhanAllah. The amal is mawjood just because the niyyah is there. Even though the amal physically didn't even occur, but it's recorded. There's so many examples of this. The one who goes out with the intention for hajj, you know that. And then he ends up dying on the way. What will happen? He's recorded as a haji. Allah Akbar. What else? The one who starts memorizing the Quran. And if he says, I will do three lines a day, five lines a day, two lines, one line, half a line a day. And his intention to become a hafid of the Qur'an. And he dies without completing it. He will be raised as a what? Complete hafid. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ مَوْجُودَةٌ 
بالنيات. In fact, one of the objections of some of the disbelievers, and this was, I read this a long time ago, Mullah Ash-Shafari Rahmatullah he writes about this in one of his books, that somebody asks that, hey, you worship Allah 60 years, 70 years, why you deserve eternal Jannah? On the other hand, somebody disobeyed Allah 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 100 years, why is eternal Jahannam? خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا abada. They'll remain therein forever. Jannah, خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا abada. Jahannam, خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا abada. But the, you did good deeds, 70 years. You did bad deeds, 70 years. So the jawab, what he said, is that the mu'min, was he planning to worship 70 years? And then he's like, enough of that. نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ Want to do something else? No. What's his plan? What's his niyyah? As long as Allah gives me life. If Allah gave him <clears throat> 200 years life, science advances, mashallah, all these diseases are, are cured, and they get Nobel Prizes for it, mashallah, great. Now life expectancy ri- rises to 250 years. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. But just imagine. So 250 years. So after 70 years, the mu'min says, I'm not giving zakat anymore. I'm not going to pray. Is that what it's going to happen? Or it's going to continue? How about it becomes 500 years? It's going to continue. It becomes 1,000 years. It's going to continue. Why? Because the fact of the matter that Allah is my Rabb and I am His Abd and this is the hukum of my Lord, does that change? No. So if He had a thousand years, يَوَدُّ أَحَدُهُمْ لَوْ يُعَمَّرُ أَلْفَسَنَةِ One thousand years. He's going to worship one thousand years. So therefore, if He had eternal life, He will worship eternally. Therefore, He deserves eternal Jannah. This is an aqli jawab. And the one who wants to disbelieve is on his kufr and shirk. He's com- he's com- if He had a thousand years, thousand years. Likewise, He will continue. So therefore, there's eternal Jannah and eternal Jahannam based on the intention. And another example of this, إِذَا مَرِضَ abdu, When a slave becomes sick, he's languishing in the hospital, in the ICU. He's hooked up to the machines, bizarre. There are many people, Allah مَشْفِي مَرْضَانَا وَمَرْضَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَرْحَمَّ وَتَعَنَا مُوتَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Allah مَشْفِي مَشْفَاءً كَامِلًا If a slave is sick, oh Safara, he's traveling. كُتِبَ لَهُ مِثْلُ مَا كَانَ يَعْمَلُ مُقِيمًا صَحِيحًا رَاهُ الْبُخَارِ He will receive in his book of deeds, by default, the angel is commanded, continue to write all of those actions that he used to perform when he was muqim at home, when he was sahih and healthy. Allah. When you go to visit somebody sick, who, who used to do good deeds, but you know, people who are, used to do, do a lot of good deeds and are not able to do it because they are sick, how many people are there like that? Very few people. But if you end up meeting someone who used to do a lot of good deeds and is unable to do those good deeds because they are sick, then you can give them this amazing consolation. You may be feeling bad. For example, if there's somebody, subhanAllah, he never ever missed an i'tikaf for the last 30 years. He's been doing 10 days i'tikaf. But now he's in the hospital. How do you think he's going to be feeling? I can't go for itikaf this year. I'm, I'm doing itikaf in this, in this hospital ward, not in the masjid. He's going to feel so hurt, right? So go tell him this hadith, Rawahul Bukhari. Asahul Kutubi Ba'da Kitab It's there that you are getting the reward of the itikaf. Because you have a record, you have a track record, you will get the reward. There's a long discussion we had in class about Qadar Umri. You remember? Making qala, long-term qala, if you miss, yeah? Yeah, not the tartib, the fact that people object, they say, oh, where you came up with this payment plan of qala, of doing qala of 10 years, 20 years of salah that you missed. 
So there, and there, that's a long discussion, very long discussion, a whole 40 minutes on that. But one, one point of this I want to say is that one of the objections is that, hey, if a person missed salah for 20 years, 30 years, as a Muslim, not as a non-Muslim accepting Islam, all the sins before Islam are forgiven. A Muslim is non-practicing, not praying, and he has to make qada. So he has to make qada of 20 years of salah. So he has to pay back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the miss salah. Technically, if somebody says, okay, bare minimum time you need to eat and to sleep, to stay alive and fulfill your basic physical functions of your life, besides that, the entire day, entire night, you should be making qada. If somebody, if a mufti gives a fatwa, I mean, it's hard to argue with that because you owe that, you owe, you owe it, it's a debt, you owe it. But is, how practical is that? It's very difficult for people to practice. So that's why they say that make a payment plan, which is like the qala umri is known as. Payment plan is that okay, twenty years I didn't perform salah, I have to make qala for twenty years. So every day I can make the qala for one day. So with my two rakat fajr before fajr or after fajr before sunrise, I perform two rakat qala of fajr. And with dhuhr, four rakat dhuhr, I pray four rakat dhuhr. With asr. With Maghrib, additional three rakat. With Isha, I pray my four rakat Isha, and an additional four rakat Isha, additional three rakat Witr. Witr, I have to make Qadha as well. So every day I do my, my Ada five times, and I do my Qadha. So if I do this for 20 years, I'll make up 20 years. We are living the land of debt. Credit card debt, college debt, home debt, mortgage. Everyone should be familiar with this concept. <laughs> Pay back, alright? Allah. It's not something strange. So this is a debt we owe? Allah. If you want to, you know, uh, pay off your debt earlier, what can you do? Double it. So you can make up 20 years qada in 10 years. If you pray two additional qada. Two fajr with the fajr. Two lahar. Got it? Okay. So somebody, if they say that, what's the point of this? Because how, how do you know you're going to f- finish it? Well, if you start this practice, you do it for on five years only out of 10 or out of 20 or 3 years 2 years how about 1 year only you did it 1 month and then you died you never know so this hadith comes to your aid that you had a plan you put the pen to the paper you calculated how many salah you missed and you started paying back then who, who brought you back who is the muhi and the mumin the, bringer of, uh, the bestower of death and the bringer of death Bestower of life and the bringer of death is Allah. Allah called you back. If Allah gave you a chance, what was your plan? Were you sincere? Yes. What's your evidence? The track record. If you had been given the 10 years, you would have done it. So, based on all of these ayat and hadith, it is hoped that Allah will reward you as if you have completed it. Because you did your best. And you have to give the fidya from your waziyah for the rest of the salah that you missed. The sadqah of fitr amount for every missed prayer. Because you have a plan and you're going with your plan and you are not able to complete it. So don't worry. Shaitan will say there's no point of doing qada of all these years because you don't have a guarantee you're going to make it. So say that Shaitan, go away. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. If I start this, even if I cannot complete it, Allah will reward me for completing it. So innamal amal. The amal is mawjood just because the niyyah is there. Another one. Innama thamaratul amal. 
we have to wrap it up. Innama thamratul a'mal binniyat is the effects of the action are based on intention. This is another beautiful one. Each one is a beautiful story. The thamara is the fruit. The effect you have a if you have a good niyyah, it's going to be an amazing effect. Even though outwardly it may seem bad. Look at the hadith. Story in Sahihain. Sahihain is Bukhari Muslim. There's a man, he gave charity. And what he wanted to do is, he wanted to give it secretly. How secretly? Hatta la ta'alamu, what is it? Shimalu ma anfaqat yaminu. Till the left hand does not know what the right hand gave. So how will the left hand not know what the right hand gave? Because the left hand doesn't know. Who, because the brain doesn't know. The, the man doesn't know himself. No one knows. He doesn't even know where he's going. So he went in the night, anonymously. Right? You know this hadith? Many of you know the hadith. No, he, uh, to ensure that his left hand doesn't know and his mind doesn't know, he's like, he said, I don't even want to know who's going to give it. He just secretly, you know, imagine in the darkness. It's like with your eyes closed, you go give somebody. He gave some money to one guy, we moved on, gave it to someone else, he moved on, gave it to someone else. What did he give? Sadaqa. And the next day he found out that, wow, there was some secret benefactor that he ended up giving money to what? A thief and a prostitute, na'udhu billah. And a ghani, a rich person. He felt so sad that, oh, I was trying to anonymously give the money secretly and it ended up going to these people. So that's so sad. But then what happened? His intention was what? Pure as can be. So the effect of the intention was the thief, when he received the sadaqa, he said, Subhanallah. I'm going out of my way to commit haram, stealing money from people. Allah Ta'ala is giving, through, sent this person to give me sadaqah. Am I deserving of sadaqah? I'm deserving of a slap. I'm deserving of jail. I'm deserving torture. I'm deserving getting my hand cut. Here Allah is sending the money to me. Astaghfirullah, tawbah tillah. And he made tawbah and he left his stealing. His, and he became a righteous person. The prostitute said the same thing. I'm committing haram, and Allah gave me money, I should make tawbah. Subhanallah. The one who repents from a sin is like the one who never committed it. She became righteous. The rich person said, Wow, I'm supposed to be giving zakat and sadaqah. Here I get sadaqah, I should start giving. So the beautiful effect, it came because of the intention. Uh, um, so, I think we will stop for today. That's why in the beginning I said that we'll see how far we can go. We will um, continue with the discussions on the wordings in the next session. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to make amal and to, uh, and to appreciate the depth of the scholarship of our ulama. I hope, hopefully there was some take-home lessons. I don't want it to be just be an intellectual discourse, academic discussion, nothing for us to take. Uh, Every single point that is there, let us not just focus on the academic aspect of it, but also let us remind ourselves how we can implement it in our own lives. That's the bottom line. Every single one of these points, these five points, when it comes to Thamaratul A'mal, SubhanAllah, if you have good intention, there will be a good fruit from your, uh, from your intention. And Mawjuda, SubhanAllah, number four, we talked about it. If you have a long-term vision and plan, even if it doesn't come into existence, Look at the reward. SubhanAllah, so beautiful. And then this mutamayiza, we talked about it, distinguishing. Sahiha. Sahiha is, uh, it's sahih. So, uh, you know, when you talk about the khilaf of this, sometimes you say, oh man, 
if the niyyah is there in wudu, it's necessary according to Shafi'iyah. It's not necessary according to Hanafiyah. If I just take a shower and everything. For a, for a common person, if he gets confused by this, I'll just tell you one blanket thing. What's awla and what's the mustahab and the best desirable thing is called al-khuruj min al-khilaf. To adopt such a thing which will cover you based on all the madhahib. So just because if a person follows the Hanafi madhab and he makes wudu without intention and he says, oh my wudu is valid, I learned it's not a sharp, it's not a rukun, it's not a part of it. He, he, you should make wudu with intention. Because even according to Hanafiya, what is niya? If it's not a rukun, it's still sunnah. And you'll still get thawab. So you don't have to go out of your way not to make intention. Just habitually just make a shower and you pray. Hey, my, niya, my wudu is done. No, make a wudu. Right? Because you want to adopt such a, a, a behavior that you're covered from all madhaib. That's awla, that's better. And then, we talked about mathubatun bin niyat. All of these things, inshallah, sometimes I'm afraid that, you know, is it just mm, uh, something that's not practical, of not benefit? But I hope, inshallah, that is not the case. But that we inshallah take benefit from from these discussions and bring it to practice. Wa akhudawana alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Allahumma salli ala sallam Muhammad wa ala ali sallam Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Oh Allah, oh Allah, put barakah in this gathering, ya rabbil alamin. Oh Allah, oh Allah, allow us uh, our hearts to be illuminated with the ilm of Deen, ya rabbil alamin. Oh Allah, your Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said, al-ilm nurun. Ilm is a light, it's a nur. O oh Allah, nawwir qulubana wa nawwir uqulana bi nur al-ilm, ya Rabbil Alameen. Illuminate our hearts and our minds with the nur of ilm, ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we are sitting and in, in learning about the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us the azma of this gathering, ya Rabbil Alameen. We cannot sit in the noble company, physical company of Rasulullah, as we were not honored and blessed to be in his age. But ya Allah, you have granted us the opportunity to sit in the majlis where his statements are being taught and discussed. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, allow the nur of these words to enter into our hearts, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, preserve the iman in ourselves, in our generations, in our family members, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, grant us all khatima bil khair, of a good ending, Ya Rabbil Alameen, such that the final words when we return to your La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban Mubarak lana wa balighna Ramadan Ya Rabbil Alameen Make this upcoming month of Ramadan O oh Allah, blessed month for us And a beautiful month for us to gain your forgiveness And allow us to prepare for it before it comes O oh Allah, O oh Allah In the following weekend on, on, on our Saturday, our dinner is coming up O oh Allah, make it acceptable in your court Allow us to have ikhlas and sincerity in our intentions And O oh Allah, make it a Mubarak blessed gathering and make it maqbul and accepted in your court, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, whatever efforts we are doing here, the teachers, the students, O oh Allah, the donors, the patrons, the musallis, O oh Allah, grant us all ikhlas in our, in our niyat, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, protect us all from riya and sum'ah. O oh Allah, protect us from waqadimna ila ma'amilu min amalin faj'allahu haba'am manthura. The actions which are done without sincerity, they will be turned into dust and will have no weight in the scales of justice. O oh Allah, protect us from that evil outcome, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yusifun. Assalamu alaikum wa alhamdulillah.